BPM. I'm Speech Thomas from the hip-hop crew Arrested Development. On the new VPM podcast, Track Change, I take you behind the walls of Richmond City Jail, where I help four men record an album and hear how they're trying to break free from a cycle of addiction and incarceration. Been so long since I've been free. Subscribe to Track Change and your podcast app. Witness Docs from Stitcher. I'm Kadada Williams. This is Seizing Freedom. Over the course of our series, you'll hear firsthand accounts from African Americans who defined what everyday freedom meant during the Civil War and Reconstruction. Historical archives don't always paint a complete picture of a person's life. With the exception of a few lengthy autobiographies, the stories we have about African Americans from these eras are most often snippets from newspaper articles, or letters without context, or testimonials given in court, or interviews conducted and translated by government agents. But even when the ins and outs of someone's whole life is a mystery, we know from the records that do exist that the Black people in our show played a defining role in making freedom real. So in these character spotlights, we'll introduce you to people whose stories we weren't able to include in full or at all in our narrative episodes. It's important that you meet them and hear them tell as much of their stories as they can. After slavery, African Americans went to great lengths to find and claim their kin. In 1867, Grandmother Cynthia Nichols sat down to write a letter to the government for help. I'm a colored woman former slave of Mr. Sandy Spears of the parish of East Feliciana, Louisiana. I'm the mother of a woman, Dina, who is now dead. Dina had a child, a boy by the name of Porter. Said Porter is now about 11 years of age. With his mother dead and his father serving the U.S. Army somewhere in California, Porter was essentially orphaned in the eyes of white officials. So in swooped Sandy Spears, the Nichols' former slave owner. Spears made a custody claim to have Porter stay with him, and more importantly, work for him, until he became an adult. Mr. Spears has had the little boy Porter bound over to him, so I'm told by the agent of the freedmen in this parish. I was not informed of this fact until after the matter of the binding was consummated. Cynthia's letter was an appeal to have Porter come live with her instead. She turned to the Freedmen's Bureau, the government organization meant to assist African Americans with food, housing, jobs, and legal support they needed to make new lives. Unfortunately for Cynthia, Sandy Spears had the local Freedmen's Bureau agent, James DeGray, in his pocket. Both men knew that Cynthia was Porter's grandmother, 
but both fought to keep Porter bound to work for Spears. DeGray favored apprenticing black children to white employers. It made his job easier if the kids were fed, clothed, housed, and schooled by their bosses. Then the Freedmen's Bureau wouldn't have to mind them. And the white people got the unpaid labor they wanted. So DeGray wrote his own letter to the regional office, undermining Cynthia as best he could. Said Porter is now... The boy, Porter... About 11 years of age. Is 10 years of age. Spears raised him from a child. Mr. Spears I have known for many years. He is very old and infirm. Sandy Spears is, as stated, old, but not infirm. I do not think Mr. Spears is a suitable person to control this boy. He is and always has been for many years addicted to the use of ardent spirits. This fact I do not like to mention. But truth requires me to speak. He is addicted to ardent spirits. But not more so than most of the men in the parish. Custody over orphaned black children was an issue for thousands of families across the country. Slavery in the Civil War had orphaned masses of children. And the fight over what to do with them and to whose family they belonged was heated. The Freedmen's Bureau and even white missionaries who founded orphanages were generally more concerned with maintaining a smoothly functioning economy and raising proper future citizens than with preserving black families whose relationships they didn't always care to understand. In every case where I have bound out children, thus far some grandmother or 40th cousin has come to have them released. My belief is... The old lady wants the boy because he is now able to do some work. Cynthia may have hoped that Porter could contribute to her household. But you can hear in her letter that her vision of freedom isn't one where families are reunited just so they can pull in more money. She wants her grandchild because she loves him and has a right to claim him as her kin. She points to her relationship and her family's history of service to the country as proof of her right. I am the grandmother of Porter. I am not by any means satisfied with the present arrangement made for my grandchild. His uncle, who has been lately discharged from the Army of the U.S. and who now resides in this parish, is fully able to assist me in maintaining Porter. We want him. She also had plans for Porter's future for the idea that his life meant more than his work. I have the means of educating my grandchild and of doing a good part by him. Now, is there no chance to get my little boy? The agent of this place will not listen to me, and I'm required to call on you, or I must let my grandchild go, which greatly grieves me. Will you be so kind, after my statement, to write and advise what I shall do to obtain my little grandchild? Truly yours, Cynthia Nichols, free woman of color. We don't know what became of Cynthia and Porter. There isn't any evidence of the regional office's ruling in their case. 
but the letters were written in 1867, the same year that Southern states were required to amend their constitutions. Those amendments eventually nullified the black codes that apprenticed children like Porter to a white master by law, making it easier for black families to reunite and harder for the former slaveocracy to exert control over their lives and labor. To hear more about how African Americans secured their families and their futures after emancipation, check out our upcoming episode on kinship. Cynthia Nichols' story was excerpted from letters collected by the Freedmen and Southern Society Project. She was voiced by Candace Holly. Gavin Wright voiced James DeGray. Seizing Freedom is a production of VPM and Witness Docs from Stitcher. The show is researched and hosted by me, Kadata Williams. It's produced by Joshua Moore, Ronald Young Jr., and Lushik Waba. Sound design and mastering by Jacob Lewis of Great Feeling Studios. Music composed by Dan Burns. Additional music from Blue Dot Sessions. Editing comes from Camille Stanley, Kelly Jones, and Gavin Wright. Our executive producer is Ed Ayers. Steve Humble is VPM's Chief Content Officer. You can find links to the archives and more information about this series at SeizingFreedom.com. You can listen to ad-free new episodes of Seizing Freedom only on Stitcher Premium. For a free month of Stitcher Premium, go to stitcher.com slash premium, select a monthly plan, and enter the code FREEDOM. VPM. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.